This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art. You're listening to The Voice of the Arts, WQED-FM. I'm Jim Cunningham. Brian Gurley is here with Daniel Ficare, two world-renowned organists who are gathering together with organ aficionados at St. Paul Cathedral and those who might be never before to an organ recital. All kinds of people will be hearing you on Sunday afternoon, 3.30, St. Paul Cathedral. It's a free concert. But, Daniel, you're appearing twice in the area, including this afternoon at 5 o'clock, and that'll be on YouTube. Wow. That's right. Well, I'm thrilled. Thank you for having me, Jim. Uh, and I'm actually a native of the area. I grew up in Franklin Park, so especially uh, meaningful for me to be back here. This evening, I'll be playing at 5 o'clock at Westminster Presbyterian in Upper St. Clair, and then, of course, on Sunday at 3.30 at the Cathedral. And and would you believe the Cathedral organ was actually one of the first organs I ever heard, uh, certainly the first to leave an impression on me. I remember the first time I went to the cathedral and heard the organ coming home and saying, I know I need to take organ lessons now. So to now come back uh, to the cathedral is very, very special for me. I said, Brian Gurley, have you crossed paths with Daniel from time to time? No, this is the first time we've met. So I'm delighted he can join us on our summer series. And Franklin Park is in what part of town for Squirrel Hill residents oh, who might not now cross I've the river? Been out of here so long, <laughs> north of Pittsburgh, but yeah, north. Uh, yeah. All right, so. great. Well, how often do you get home? You still have family here? I do. Yeah, very lucky. All my grandparents around in the area, some cousins, my parents. Uh, so it's good to see people while I'm performing too. Nice. I want to talk to you about your recital program, but give me a little on your path to the instrument. And you started in Franklin Park, hearing the organ at St. Paul Cathedral. But uh, what else uh, led you along the way, and where did you go to school? Sure. Well, I I grew up, I went to school in North Allegheny. Um, Wonderful music teachers there. They were extremely encouraging and and supportive. And I actually grew up studying the violin. I studied for 10 years, had wonderful teachers growing up, and got to know a lot of orchestral repertoire, things like that, and was always fascinated by all of the moving parts, uh, the counterpoint and everything uh, present in orchestral music. And so when I finally uh, discovered the organ and organ repertoire, I realized in a certain sense uh, you could be an orchestra on your own. And that whole idea to me was just thrilling. So I've always loved playing the organ, writing music for the organ as well and other instruments. But um, the organ's unique that way. I think there's a a reason Mozart called it the king of instruments. (laughs) And your formal study was where? Uh, then after uh, high school, I went to Juilliard. I did my undergrad and my master's there. I moved uh, to New York City in 2014, and that's where I still live today. That's uh, where you met Paul Jacob. Oh, a wonderful musician in person, and I was so lucky to have him as my teacher uh, for six years, and he remains a, a very dear friend and, and somebody that when I need uh, to play music for, uh, somebody that truly is uh, helpful and supportive. So. And Paul is the chief of the organ program at Juilliard, but is from this area, Washington County, and he's performed many times, both in his uh, hometown neck of the woods and also here in the city of Pittsburgh. Has he been to St. Paul Cathedral, Brian? I believe so. There was a recording project, I believe, he uh, undertook on the Beckrot, so um, he does have plenty of experience here. We'll we'll have to get him back one of these days. Maybe (laughs) the two you could work up something. So what was it like working with with Paul? He seems to be a beloved figure, and he's been a champion of the instrument, too. It's nice that he got going at an early age with his love for the the organ. Yeah, well, he was, more than anything, a tremendous inspiration. Uh, You know, too often, um, organ music 
music and organist can be sort of trapped in a bubble that, um, you know, while we love sacred music and, and, and certainly making music in churches, that uh, when there aren't instruments available in other spaces or there's not repertoire heard in other spaces, it can be very limiting. And Paul was one that always expanded the horizons of what's possible uh, for organists and for organ music uh, in my mind. Uh, encouraging concert halls to build instruments and orchestras to commission composers to write organ concertos and all of the while, you know, still making music in churches and synagogues and keeping that tradition alive and well. So he really opened my eyes to the immense possibilities uh, uh, that you have as an organist. While he was in western Pennsylvania, he performed everything that Bach wrote in a very short period of time? Was it more than 24 hours? I can't remember exactly That's, how I he pulled that off. I think it's about 18 hours. And you know what's funny is my very first semester at Juilliard, I was, gosh, I guess 18 at the time, and Paul announced to our class that we were going to work together to, again, perform the complete organ works of Bach. And at that point, I had only learned one piece for my audition and was a totally uh, a newcomer to the instrument. So uh, that was quite an undertaking, but I was uh, so happy to be a part of that event. And that was, you worked with WQXR in New York to play Bach all around the city. And did they play everything of Bach? They did, every last organ piece. Uh, and believe it or not, we had people that stayed all 18 hours that really wanted to take advantage of that unique opportunity to really hear, I mean, one of the most masterful composers in history uh, in his element. I mean, the organ was Bach's instrument where he was truly at home. And I think his organ music in particular uh, resonates with people in a unique way. I remember when QXR was involved thinking we should do that in Pittsburgh. But of course, Paul had already done his <laughs> thing here in Western Pennsylvania, but it, which was an unbelievable, possibly unrepeatable stunt. But the QXR scheme, how did they do it? Was it only in one venue, only one it place? It was. It was uh, St. Peter's Lutheran Church, I believe was the name, in Manhattan. And they would s sort of sell tickets in blocks, and people could come for you know certain sections of the day. And like I said, some truly stayed for it all. So it was really a, a remarkable achievement. I was glad to have been able to play a small part. <laughs> so there were no breaks. It there just, were not, no, no. One after the, yeah. Lunchtime, so. uh, one hour off the, or anything. Yeah, so. And uh, how many organists participated? Do you recall oh, uh, about approximately? Well, there were probably uh, nine or ten of us students. And, of course, Paul played some himself. And then we had some, some graduates as well that... Uh, lightened the load for the rest of us. But, uh, yeah, it was still a, a fun, but uh, quite the undertaking. <laughs> oh, I hope we can do it here in Pittsburgh one of these yeah. days. Brian, there's always somebody joining the party. If someone hasn't come to one of your recitals before, repeat the basics, please. What's happening this summer at 3.30 on Sunday afternoons? Well, Daniel's going to play the second of five uh, Sunday summer organ concerts, which we have on Sunday afternoons at 3.30 p.m., and uh, the concerts are completely free and open to the public. The cathedral's air-conditioned. There's a parking lot off of Dithridge Street. There's usually plenty of street parking, and even the Oakland Catholic High School lot is available to us. So uh, one need not be afraid to find parking near the cathedral. And uh, it's just a wonderful—we're uh, always grateful for uh, your promotion of uh, the organ concerts that happen at St. Paul Cathedral, but we always encourage our, uh, the listeners to come hear one in person. You know, it's a beautiful space. It's a beautiful acoustic. It's a historic, uh, famous instrument, and we get some wonderful organists from all over the country— uh, 
so we're excited to hear Daniel on Sunday afternoon, but we always uh, invite everybody to hear it in person. There's nothing like it. Have you been able to get Daniel down to do a little warm-up and rehearse on the Baccarat organ? Yes, he gets to practice uh, here in the coming days, so uh, I look forward to listening in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you enjoy the weekend, Daniel, and tell me about your program. Is there any Bach plan? Oh, there sure is. Well, you know, uh, it's funny you ask because that's actually, I mean, the... As you said, you know, the very famous instrument that the cathedral is lucky to have uh, fits the music of Bach uh, like a glove. So I thought to conclude uh, with Bach's famous Toccata and Fugue in D minor, uh, certainly for those that don't know it by name, we'll recognize it by the first three notes. So that will be our hopefully grand conclusion. Um, But before that, we'll actually start with the French Romantic work uh, that I I really wanted to showcase. There are these really exciting, prominent uh, horizontal trumpets on the organ. Uh, So we'll hear by uh, the composer Eugène Gigou, his Grand Corps Dialogue. And the title has dialogue in it, uh, referring to exactly that conversation between the trumpets of the organ uh, and the rest of the full resources of the instrument. So that'll be our uh, sort of bookends to the recital. Uh, in between, we'll hear Grieg's Holberg Suite, uh, which a piece that was originally written for piano, a year later uh, rewritten for string orchestra by Grieg himself, and one that I've now turned into an organ piece. And as I was telling you before, you know, I grew up as a violinist. This was a piece that was dear to me uh, playing in orchestras, so I wanted uh, to be able to share it with organ music lovers. So we'll hear that. And we'll hear two other transcriptions as well. A movement, a slow movement from a Haydn piano sonata in E-flat, which will showcase the beautiful and very delicate sounds of the von Beckerat organ. And then we'll hear by another French romantic composer, uh, Léon Boelmont, uh, his Ronde Française, another piano piece reworked for organ. And Boelmont was actually a nephew and a student of Gigou, who we'll hear at the beginning. So there's some neat uh, crossover in the program. The Holberg Suite is also lovely music. We play it all the time. Yeah, a lovely sort of written in sort of that old tradition of Baroque dance suites. So largely the movements are made up of that very rhythmic dance nature. And like I said, I hope it'll fit the organ at the cathedral like a glove. So Now, Brian, have you been to the Cathedral of St. John the Divine in New York City, where Daniel holds forth? I have not. I've walked by it, but sadly I have not been in it. I haven't been able to hear a concert yet, but uh, I've got to get next there time too. I, now Same I have a, another excuse to get there. Yeah. It's Morningside, so it's uptown, 110, 113th Yeah, Street. about 112th in Amsterdam. Uh, it's an incredible, I mean, just to speak of the architecture, it's, I think, the largest Gothic structure in the world, built in that medieval style of simply stone stacked on stone. So to be able to make music in such an inspiring space is truly remarkable. This is Ralph Adams Cram, who has some terrific uh, reference here in western Pennsylvania, including Calvary Episcopal Church and our Cathedral of Hope, uh, East Liberty Presbyterian. He has a church in Greensburg and one in Homewood, too. It's absolutely amazing that we have uh, these Cram masterpieces here. But this must be No, he took over from Lafarge, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if you know uh, any of the inside there, but at some point they decided that uh, Lafarge uh, wasn't doing it. And they sent him, like in the the modern world, it would have been an email saying, you're done, we're going to get cramped. So I think there's some fun, uh, interesting detail, but the church 
why didn't they ever finish it? Do you know? Oh my Just because it's so vast? Well, you know, if you think of the great European cathedrals, they take hundreds and hundreds of years to build. So by that measure, we're actually still on time. Well, <laughs> Though it's never, been a long time. Yeah. You'd never sense that anything's missing in this massive structure. It's true. It's some, I think, 601 feet long. So two football fields and a foot. Uh, but, you know, when you are playing the organ, you release a chord to hear that sound just resonating and reverberating around the building. I mean, it raises the hair on your arms. <laughs> and what shape is the organ? And it must cost a fortune to keep the Skinner organ. It's, Skinner it's true. Instrument. Well, it's just in the process of being restored uh, yet a second time in, uh, in April, April 2nd, we expected to make its grand uh, debut again. So that'll yeah. be quite the day. <laughs> and the history there in that church. So many amazing people have gone to the next world from uh, the, the, the cathedral. The list is very long. You can go to Wikipedia and Check it out. And then famous events. Duke Ellington had a sacred concert there, and Aretha Franklin sang lots of deep, rich history. It's true. And Duke Ellington, we're so fortunate, actually gave us his practice piano. And so uh, we'll do funerals and weddings in a chapel there. And I, you know, to get to play on his piano is just, you know, remarkable. (laughs) Wow. And uh, when you're sitting there at the organ console, do you sometimes have the feeling, the you know, the presence of the saints and the, the spirit uh, moving you with this unbelievable history of those who've gone to their great reward from St. Uh, John the Divine? They call it St. John's, I guess. Yeah, got, well, you know, it's it's just an inspiration. It's, it's yeah. I, I recommend anybody that's in the area. It's truly one of the great buildings in New York City worth visiting. But can you afford to live in New York? Musicians <laughs> have to struggle when they start anyway. That's I mean, right. Where, how far do you have to travel? Do you take the subway? Or uh, well, you know, you I live there? about a mile away, and nice. I get to walk through Central Park to get to work every day, so I can't complain. It's a, a beautiful area to be in. Oh, that's great. So Wow. Yeah. Brian, anything else you want to share about this recital this Just weekend? Just another opportunity to plug the rest of the series. You know, Please. that'd be great. Um, uh, July 31st, we have Richard Conzen from St. John's Episcopal Church in Youngstown, Ohio. He was longtime uh, college organist and professor of music at Grove City College. Uh, and then we have Thomas Mueller from Concordia University in Irvine. He'll play on August 7th. And then August 14th, I will round out the series with the fifth performance. How did it go last weekend with Don Fellows? It was a delight. I think uh, there was a tremendous uh, showing of support from the Cathedral Parish. And uh, we had the wonderful opportunity to recognize, again, you know, his long 22-year tenure at the Cathedral. It was tough doing, you know, saying goodbye to him in retirement, you know, in the midst of COVID. And so I think people who didn't have the opportunity to expressed their thanks to him, you know, came out this Sunday. He seemed to walk above uh, all the uh, politics that goes with any church position and the politics of keeping the congregation happy and uh, all the brides and all the farewells at at the cathedral. He's a beloved figure in Absolutely. A real mentor for me, I I will say, yeah. Have you had a chance to meet Don Fellows? Oh, a lovely human being and a really wonderful musician as well. He was always extremely kind and supportive and encouraging, so I have great respect for Don. Well, we had a nice conversation last week, and he still seems to be enjoying it all. He's playing a little bit on the side and uh, enjoying retirement. Okay, I have to ask you to do something special for me. It is our 50th anniversary at WQED, so I want Mm. you both to wish WQED-FM a 50th anniversary, okay? Now, we'll start with Brian. I want you to say, hi, I'm Brian Gurley. Did we do this, Brian? I can't remember. I don't believe so, no. Uh, no, uh, When you were here last week. 
Hi, I'm Brian Gurley, Director of Music uh, at uh, St. Paul Cathedral, whatever your formal title okay. is there. And uh, I'd like to wish WQED-FM a happy 50th anniversary. Okay? Can you handle that? Absolutely. <laughs> Anytime you're ready. Hello, this is Brian Gurley. I am Director of Music and Organist at St. Paul Cathedral here in Pittsburgh, and I wish WQED-FM Classical Music 89.3 a happy 50th birthday. Bravo. Well done. And Daniel, the microphone's on for you now. you got to do Great. the same. This is Dan Ficari, Associate Organist at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine in New York City, and I would love to wish WQED and all of its many viewers a very happy 50th birthday. Perfect. First take. Viewers, I said. Did you oh, hear that? Oh, I didn't. I totally <laughs> missed it. I never hear that. Uh-oh. <laughs> you want to do it one more time? Sure. One more time. Okay. This is Dan Ficari, Associate Organist at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine in New York City, and I would love to wish WQED and its many listeners a very happy 50th birthday. Before you leave, Dan, I've got to ask you about your concert this evening at Westminster Presbyterian. You've been there before, and you know the instrument you're going to play That's right. This is actually my sixth performance there, so it's an instrument I know well, and to be able to return to an instrument that I feel I have a chemistry with is always very special. And that's a neat event. They sometimes have... I know they have in the past, I don't know if they're doing it today, but they have uh, like a farmer's market in the parking lot and then a free recital. That's exactly right. So you can get some food before, after, or both. (laughs) And it's air conditioned and comfortable as well. Yes, you can't beat that. So great. Now, when I come to hear you in New York, is there a service that you play most often when it's a very busy church with all kinds of things going on? If I want to hear you, how do I schedule it? Yeah, well, I play twice a weekend. I play on Sunday mornings. We have a wonderful cathedral choir, and, and they sing as well for an even song at 4 p.m. in the and Sunday evenings, uh, but then actually in the fall and in the spring, we have weekly organ concerts, so I'll play for some of those, and I'll host others for, for some of the other ones, so uh, there's always a lot of good music happening at the cathedral. And is there a regular spot where visitors get a tour? Can you learn oh, the yes. history of the church and there walk around? all sorts of tours. You know, it's an 11-acre campus, which is, uh, you know, quite unique for Manhattan to have that much space. So many historic buildings, but they also give a vertical tour where they take you to all of the high up spaces, the attic, even the roof of the cathedral. So you can look down and see all of Manhattan all the way to the World Trade Center building. So certainly it's a tour worth taking. (laughs) And your recommendation of where I can get a bite to eat after I hear you play? Uh, Do you have a favorite watering hole? uh, What kind of food do you like? (laughs) There's so many (laughs) options. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Well, you know, a neighborhood favorite, it's been in the area 40, 50 years, is V&T's Pizzeria. So if you're at the cathedral, that's somewhat of a tradition. That's good to know. And how far, I'm trying to picture it in my mind, from Harlem are you? So Harlem uh, sort of adjacent to Morningside Heights. So actually we get a lot of people from Harlem that attend services at the cathedral. So uh, they're overlap in the neighborhoods for sure. And thinking of Harlem, what are you doing to address bringing the community in? Diversity is our our goal these days. Uh, the music world has not been thinking enough about diversity during the last half century. And as a result, when you look at the Pittsburgh Symphony, there's one African-American face. How, how are you trying to get some diversity going at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine? Mm. Well, it's so important to, first of all, for you know anybody that's playing or programming music to do their homework and to look into you know their, a wealth of composers that are 
are, you know, tragically underplayed. Uh, I just played on a recent program uh, an African-American composer, Calvin Taylor's uh, Five Spirituals for Organ. Uh, very festive uh, conclusion, ends with the pedal solo. You know, there's so much repertoire that uh, I, I hope people will uh, give a chance. Uh, but at the cathedral, you know, we have a lot of programs, uh, whether it be our, we have a school at Cantorum uh, that uh, is open to kids living in the neighborhood, uh, you know, of all uh, all races, all religions, and it uh, doesn't matter if you're Episcopalian, Catholic, Jewish, you know, or no religion at all. Uh, uh, we do um, uh, encourage all of these people to be a part of the events that we do, to sing with our choirs, uh, and commission these people to write music for us as well. And, you know, it's important to keep this art a living art, I think. And how about the organ world at large is led by Paul Jacobs at Juilliard. Are we seeing any diversity in the recruits that are coming into the, the campus at Juilliard? It's true. Well, you know, it's especially there are some really, really remarkable women leading the way right now in the organ world. And, and that's really just powerful and I think refreshing to see. Well, I'm sure glad that you are waving the flag for Western Pennsylvania oh. <laughs> keeping our light burning in the Oregon world. So great to see you. Anything else you'd like to share, gentlemen? Anything else we should we should know? We've got to get to this concert, 3.30, Sunday afternoon. Daniel Ficari from New York City by way of Franklin Park. That's right. Well, thank you, Jim, and thanks to everyone at WQED. Thank you, Jim. Always a pleasure.